must understand this. You are investing your life in something. The only question is this. Is it worth it? Is it worth what you are giving your time and your energies toward? Jesus says that we ought to be careful not to fall for fleeting treasure because it ain't going to last. Oh, look at us. We're just about into that Christmas season, aren't we? And all the flashy new things, and oh, look at that. That's new this year. I everything inside of us saying, you got to have that. I want one of those. Going to get one of those, get three of those. And you know what? It's just a matter of time before it ends up at the end of your driveway. And you know it's true. How many great treasures have you come across in your life that you were just happy to get out of the house? How many days later? It is a truth. Look at what Jesus says. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. He's talking about the stuff of this planet. He says, where moths and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. My son just bought a new car. Happy about it. Remember those days? Just a, that smell and it just the good. And one day he will kick those tires and say, I can't wait to get rid of this bucket. Amen? <laughs> Been there, done that, huh? We know this is true. Everything in this world is moving from order to disorder. It is breaking down. And my friends... It includes you. Well, me too. I mean, not my wife, but me. Fleeting treasures, my friends, that don't last. You know, I read something fascinating. Consider the foolishness of this. A few years ago, a group of world-class athletes were asked the following question. If you could take a drug that would cause you to win a gold medal in the Olympics, but it would kill you in 10 years. Would you take it? Unanimously, they said, yes, we would absolutely give up years, decades of our lives. You know, for something they could go back and, oh, right, we, we know you won the medal, we get it. Yeah, yeah, bully for you. <laughs> Fleeting treasures, my friends. What matters today may not matter at all tomorrow or next Christmas season. Open your eyes, friends. Don't fall for fleeting treasures where moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal. You want something that's going to last. And notice verse 20, Jesus says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. My friends, only what's done for Christ is truly going to last. Only what you invest in him is going to last. That's it. There's only one investment worthy of your life. It is giving of your time and your talents and your energies and your treasures. 
to pour your life into what it is that God has called you to do, to live out the life he's called you to live. Only what's done for Christ will last, my friends. But look at verse 21. You see, Jesus, having told us to do it, now tells us why we ought to. And that reason here in verses 21 to 24 is this. The impact of your investment, whatever it may be, will be significant. If you choose to live for Christ, to focus, refocus day after day, hour after hour, moment after moment to honor him in your life, the impact will be significant. Something I heard in, at the Moody Bible Institute when I was a student there, oh, so many years ago, this statement that, that caused the, the auditorium to be silent and for students to be shaken, listen to me, the world has yet to see what God could do through a man or woman who is wholly devoted to him. Imagine what God could potentially do in and through your life if you give him everything. Friends, we're not talking about an offering here. We're talking about time, investments, study, growing, practice, habits. The world has yet to know. God could do in the life of someone wholly devoted to him. It could be you. It could be you. You know, if you determine it's a worthy investment. But I'll tell you it is. Because what you invest in will own your heart. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Because you will love what you serve. And you will most certainly serve your treasure. What matters most to you? I've seen people go bananas over collections. Oh, don't go in that side of the house. Oh, he's getting there. Oh, not, no grandchildren around here. Yeah. What do you treasure? What are you sold out for? My younger days before Christ, I was a fan of a college football and basketball team. I bought all the clothes. I had the sweatshirts and the sweatpants and I even had the shoes with the little logo. And I had, and you could tell where I was invested in my mind and in my heart, it was evident. And the fact is, everybody knows, anybody that knows you knows what you're invested in. All they got to do is watch you live your life. Which begs the question then. If you ask the person who knows you best, what does it look like I'm really invested in? What would they tell you? Would that be a terrifying question to ask or an easy question? Invest well, my friends. Invest well. You see, it's going to capture your heart. 
And listen to me, friends, and what you invest in will affect your sight. Remember when you were young and you had maybe your first crush and everything reminded you of that person, a sign and a billboard, a meal, a, everything brought you back to that person. It'll affect your eyesight. Look at what Jesus says. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if the eye is healthy, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be fill, full of darkness, and then the light in you is darkness, and how great that darkness is. If you're investing in anything other than that which will come, investing in any other day than the day before you stand before Jesus, and he opens the books and says, let's take a look. Well, you know, Lord, I was I was really busy. I mean, I had a lot of work, and then there was the kids, and well, you know, and I bought the cabins, so I had to go up there, and and yeah, I missed a few, so yeah, I didn't have time to really be in a ministry or anything, because, you know, I was so busy. You know, stand before Jesus. Let's see what you valued in your life. I say that not to scare you, but to motivate you. Because the desire, the greatest desire of my heart is that I would stand in front of Jesus one day and he would say to me, well done. Anything less is loss. We're all going to stand there, friends. We're all going to stand there. So when the things that we can see outweigh the eternal things that are unseen, my friends, we have what's called spiritual nearsightedness. When we only look to the things of this world, we're missing the most important part. When you're driving, it's important that you see the rear view mirror, but my friends, you better not only look there, you better look forward. And you'll notice here in verse 24, Jesus continues and he says this, what you invest in, we're going to keep you off the fence. Nobody's going to have to wonder, well, I don't know, they're kind of a Christian, but they kind of got this other thing going on. Look at what he says here in verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. And money. You can't serve God in the things that will not last. Make a choice, friends. Make a choice. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. Because, my friends, life is an investment. Choose wisely. The impact of your investment is significant. And investing wisely will protect you in this world. It will protect you from a world of hurt. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, I'll give you a second to get there. 1 Timothy chapter 6. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, in verse 6, Paul writes that godliness with contentment 
is great gain. You see, the wise recognize that contentment is the way to go. You know what contentment is? It is what God has given to me is enough. What God has given to me is enough. You know what the opposite of contentment is? Covetousness. And therefore, it's not difficult to define that term. What does it mean to covet? It means to desire something that is not due you, doesn't belong to you, is not needful for you. Covetousness. Yeah, but how happy would you be for about 48 minutes if you had that? Don't buy the lie, my friends. Don't fall for it in this season. Oh, if only I had that, how happy I would be. Sure. Because all this stuff you got now has made you happy too, right? Don't work that way. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take, and what can we take? We cannot take anything out of this world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. I double dog dare you. To start there and say, look, what do I need? Something to keep me warm in the wintertime. Something to keep me fed. Yeah, but what if it's that vegetable thing that you don't really like? Well, don't buy it then. What are you people, crazy? <laughs> Stop buying food you don't like. But I'll tell you what, if you've got food on your table, food in your fridge and in your cupboards, you ought to be astoundingly grateful. And I don't even have to talk about places in the world where that would be just the wealthiest wealth you can imagine. How about this? If God has provided for you, be grateful. And if you're truly grateful, you will learn how to be content. It's amazing how those two walk together. Gratitude and contentment. So the wise recognize contentment is great gain, and the wise also recognize this, that the things of this world are temporary. They won't last. Everything in this world is falling apart. It is just a matter of time for its trash. Do not be deceived to think the things of this world are the treasure. No, my friends, the treasure is yet to come. The treasure is yet to come. And bring anything into this world? Uh, apparently, I've, I've been told that when I came into this world, I didn't have pockets. <laughs> and they weren't full of stuff. Didn't bring nothing in, bringing nothing out. But know that fools deceived by riches end up in ruin. Verse 9. But those who desire to be rich, they fall into temptation, into a snare, 
into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. How many marriages have been destroyed over arguments about a checkbook, about the use of a credit card? You know that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil? That verse has been twisted and misused along the way. What it says here is not that money is evil. Money is merely a tool. What are you building with it? It's the love of money. It is the thing that you serve and you sacrifice and you cut people out of your life in order to have. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. And it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. I think about the nation of Israel and their constant grumbling. The Lord had caused them to become a nation, put them in the incubator of Egypt, and they grew to two and a half million people. God gave them a great victory and set them free. And leading them to this promised land, a wonderful place, God said, where I will bless you and you will not know sickness and you will know health and strength and success and your crops will grow and there will never be a drought. Just follow me. Even on the way. What are we going to eat? Nothing to eat. Well, how about this? How about every day you wake up, you walk outside your tent, and there's food. They looked at it and said, what is this stuff? So they called it manna, which means, what is it? <laughs> every day, God provided. Yeah, but what about the fish we used to have in Egypt? Oh, how good it was. They were slaves there, for heaven's sakes. Oh, that we should go back to Egypt. You know what happened to those people? They died in the wilderness. Love of fill in the blank. If it ain't Jesus, it's going to end in destruction, my friends. Because covetousness can cause people even to walk away from the faith. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. There's not a, wor a word we don't use every day. It means stuff that hurts. Invest well, invest wisely, my friends. The only big payoff is eternal life. Everything else will fail. Well, let's wrap it up for us this morning. I know you're like, man, that's a short sermon. Oh, I can preach longer if you like. Invest your life in what lasts and comes with eternal rewards. The stuff that lasts for all eternity. Invest in future, invest in the Lord, invest in what God is doing.
That's the stuff that pays off, my friends. Stop thinking short-term or you will lose everything because everything turns to dust. Invest it all in what God is doing and it will pay off big. It is a sure thing. Imagine. I got a call from a buddy who's this big investor and he knows the ins and outs of what's going on in corporations and he says, Dave... This is the one. It's the next IBM. It's the next Apple. It's the next whatever the big thing. Whatever dollar you put in, you're going to get at least 10000 back. And I told you about that. What would you do? I know, he's like, oh, he's talking about money, though. We're not supposed to do that. It's an illustration. The fact is, you might sell your car and say, well, if I, if I invest this in that, it's going to pay off so big, I won't have to worry about a car. And you begin to say, what, what can I sell? What can I move out of my life? It is, what's his name? Schindler. Remember that movie, Schindler's List? Here was a man trying to deliver the Jews out of this concentration camp, this death certain. And he did it by, by paying people off. At the end of the movie, how you cannot be moved, looks at his watch. How many lives? What could I have done with that? Invest wisely, my friends. Invest wisely. And how do we invest? We invest with the currency of time. What we give our time to. I challenge you this week to just take one day and write down everything you did and how long you did it. And if you have to do it on a second day, I'll bet you your life looks a little different. Because when we take stock of what we're really doing with our life, and we come face to face with it, my friends, we realize that change has got to come. Invest in what lasts. You know what lasts? People people. We're not eternal, but we're infinite, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we certainly have a beginning, my friends, but there is no end, and we're going to spend eternity somewhere. You want to invest in something that matters? People. This week I saw on Facebook some of the ladies in the church shared this. You know, if you come in the store and there's the two bags of, uh, of uh, uh, potatoes, buy one, get one. What if you don't need potatoes? Why don't you get them anyways? But I'll bet you you can find someone in the store who might need those potatoes. Look at that. Come on, Thanksgiving's coming. You're going to need the potatoes, just buy them. And buy them with the intent 
of blessing someone else. Who knows what God might do through you to save a family, to save a life? Invest in people. You know, the ones for whom Christ died. Invest with time, with your talents, and your treasures. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 27, Jesus told his disciples this. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. He said, whoever would save his life will most certainly lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And he says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? The Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. So the big question is then, friends, what are you going to do with this? This truth you already knew. But as we learned last week, it ain't what you know. It's what you do with it. How are you going to invest your life in what truly matters, in what pays off big time? Father, help us. God, that this truth would be burned into our minds, that we would be fully convinced of this truth, that we need to invest our life in that which matters, that which lasts, that which glorifies you and changes the lives of other people. Father, we know it doesn't take much. It just simply takes someone who cares. Someone who's willing to act. Oh God, make that us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.